Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 27 degrees in Edmonton. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Everly. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Feel free to post in the comments because I'm sure that you're joining in live like everyone else. We broadcast the show live every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. In order to access the live show, you need to download the Podbean app. And like I said, you get to join in on the conversation on the app. There's a chat, so you can click the call-in button and call in. Uh, very interactive, very fun, very good time. Um, hey, you know, we haven't talked about We're this. for a good time. No, okay. Just an hour or so, not a long time. It's going to be a long 59 minutes. <laughs> what haven't we talked about? Uh, our top fan. So What's we have the a, date? 24? It's the 24th, so a week away. Uh, we have a top fan competition every month. Um, when you join in live on the show, uh, there's a little button you can click. It's a heart. And it's your way of sharing with us that you like the show and what's going on. Okay. Um, now, that heart uh, counts as, a, as engagement in the show. And there's many different ways to, to increase your engagement. Uh, you can call into the show. You can share the show through the app on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, you can also, th that's pretty much it. But anyways, at the end of the month, whoever has the most engagement um, is considered the top fan. And so I'm looking right now, I can see who the who's winning right now, um, who's in the race, because I can see a list of the top people for each show each day, and then also the, the people for the month. So um, what we do... <clears throat> So we take the top five top fans. <laughs> top five fans. <laughs> yes. Whoever have, have the most accumulation of hearts. And we and we do a draw. So first place, whoever's in first gets five ballots. Second place gets four ballots. Third place gets three ballots. Fourth place gets two ballots. And fifth place gets one ballot. And then we do a little draw on the first of every month. And the winner... Gets a really cool prize, which is two free co uh, mentorship calls, coaching yeah. calls. Coaching calls. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my head was elsewhere, and you pointed at me. <laughs> two free coaching calls. That's one hour coaching calls with myself, um, valued at five hundred dollars. Okay, so Sweet the only prize. way to win that, the only way to get access to one on one coaching calls like that, are to join in every day. Yeah. Right. Um. Next month, I want to do a different prize. I want to do something different next month. Maybe access to our next workshop. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll look into that a little bit. But for, for, for this next, for this, for Ryan, next month, are you waiting on a gift from us? Mm. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed the the first part of that conversation. Yeah, so you can also, um, yeah, I just saw, it's like, haven't sent gifts. I was like, what? Do we owe him a gift? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so. There yeah. is other ways of um, I'm buying your way to the top, <laughs> um, which is which is fine, whatever. I mean. If you want to do it, do it. If you, you want to win, you, like, winners win. That's, that's the way I see it. Anyways, uh, yeah, you can also buy gifts through the show. It's kind of like, I don't know. Like these, like little virtual gifts. So basically, um, you buy the gift and send it to us, and then it has a monetary value, uh, and then it puts it in our Podbean account. Which, to be honest, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, we don't, we don't want that. That's not why we do the show. Uh, we do it for free for you guys. But by buying gifts, it also increases your engagement, so it bumps you up to the top. Which, I mean, it's, it's going to give you a better chance at winning those two free coaching calls. So, in my opinion, you know, doing that and showing support for the show, you know, to boost your chances of getting two free coaching calls, why the heck not? 
but yeah. I'm not telling anyone to do that. No. Uh, okay. And uh, we have a special show today. Um, we have Ryan from DCI. It's going to be coming on here shortly. Nice. Um, DCI is a um, professional wholesaling company out of Southern Ontario. They operate in Southern Ontario and Alberta. You guys hear a lot about them on the show. Uh, the CEO, Ryan, is going to be here today. Uh, <laughs> okay, funny story. Uh, maybe I'll wait till Ryan gets on. Let's just wait till Ryan gets on. And then I can tell him myself. Um, let's see if he's here. Mm -hmm. He's not here yet. Okay. Well, anyways, we've been talking about some other stuff. This is going to be hard because I have to... Oh, he is here. Oh, okay, good. I didn't see him there. He's hiding somewhere in the, the list. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, yes, I can hear you just fine. Okay. There you go. Good morning. How are you? Great, great. We're How are fantastic. You? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, early morning here in um, London, Ontario, but it's a little bit earlier for you guys out there. Wee bit, just a wee bit, <laughs> just a wee bit. Uh, you know, Ryan, uh, how many times have we talked now? Quite a few. Quite a few. Do you ever, um, do you ever like, um, do you ever not ask how to pronounce someone's last name, and then and then it gets so far that like it's just like <laughs> now it's too awkward. Hundred percent. You see him silly asking after the fact. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've I've had a conversation with Gabby. I'm like, it's it's del del del. De Laurentis, or is it French, or is it De, de, de Laurenti? Mm, mm. That's actually, I should probably mix people up once in a while and throw in the French one. No, it's a, it's an Italian last name. I think from like the northern part in Milan, I have one Italian grandfather, and then the rest of my grandparents are Irish, but the Italian last name stuck. So um, who's the famous one? Uh, Dino De Laurentiis directed King Kong. I think he's related somewhere way, way, way down the line. Um, and then there's a, there's a woman on, um, the food network, Gina, I think, uh, okay. her last name is Delorentis as well. So we got a couple of people floating the name out there. Wow. Okay. Oh, well yeah. now I'm, I'm glad I was able to confirm that. I apologize. And even like <laughs> no, last okay. time you're, last time you're on the show, it was like Ryan with DCI. With DCI. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, this is not a good time to be asking. It's <laughs> funny though, because Wayne asked me and I looked at it and I'm like, it's Delorentis. And yeah, he's that's like, right. are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, how else would you pronounce it? He's I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I don't like know. One. Well, how many, how many people have said Hillier yeah. for, oh, all the for time. our last name? Mm. You know, it, mm. it, uh, so it, it's, it's quite common. And, I, and again, I, I didn't want it to be on the show. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> to be honest, nobody ever gets my last name right. And what, I, what is, what is the pronunciation of your last name? Hillier. Hillier. Okay. And, Kind of just rolls off the tongue, Hillier. Hillier. <laughs> Hillier. But I get Hillier so much. Mm, gotcha. So I, it's, you know, uh, whether you are French or aren't French, you're going to be, you know, offended either way. Um, <laughs> so anyways, glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. I, uh, you know, we were trying to think about what we wanted to talk about today. Just trying to provide as much value for our listeners as possible. And, um... You had a really good idea, and I think that people are going to like this a lot. And that's um, what makes a good deal. Very, very common question. Hey, man, like, is this a good deal? Or, hey, man, how, how do I know if it's a good deal? Do you have, like, a calculator or something like that that I can just kind of, you know, plug these numbers into as I know it's a good deal? Which is it's just not that, that – it's not that simple, right? No. No, it's not. And I think, uh, I mean, it's a pretty common answer to get from uh, a lawyer or an investor, but it, it depends, right? And I think it, what it really depends on is, is it a good deal for you and for your, for your criteria, right? Like, what are you looking for? Is it a buy and hold? Is it a burr? Is it a flip? And each of those have, you know, criteria that I would look for um, to make something a good deal, but that might not be the same as what your criteria would be to make it a good deal. So I think it really starts with identifying what it is you want from that deal. 
Yeah. 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 That's definitely like, I would say the number one aspect of whether it's a good deal or not is whether it fits in with you and your goals. That's right. Yeah. So, so how does some, how does someone figure that out? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, uh, Ryan, I want, uh, I want, um, $7,500 a month in cash flow. Like, so how do I know that this, you know, so DCI sends me a property, for example, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how do I know this is a good deal? Like how, how does someone, how does someone even, how do you, how do you answer that? Did you have a, a, a particular way that you answer that? Well, yeah. I mean, if, so if, if that's kind of the baseline is we're starting with, um, $7,500 a month is kind of the goal, then I would say, okay, well, what's my minimum that, uh, that I'm willing to accept in terms of monthly cash flow from one property? Is mm. it $500? Is it $1,000? Is it 300? Because the lower you go, the more properties you need, the more cash you'll likely need to put in those properties as well, unless you can do full refinances, which are tough to do. So I think it starts with looking at your goal and then sort of backtracking from, okay, how many properties does does that actually mean that I need to acquire? Um, So I think for someone that's looking for cash flow, figuring out what your minimum sort of cash flow is, is a, is a good one. And I think, you know, if we start, I'm, I think by that question, you know, starting with someone who's looking for buy and holds, um, for me anyway, I look at the area. So when the property comes out, the first thing I'll do is pull it up in Google Maps and just really take a look at the area. Do I like this area? Is it a good area of the city? Um, you know, is it is it close to schools? I mean, if it's a long-term hold, I'm really looking for that long-term appreciation, right? I, Yeah, the cash flow monthly might be nice to have, um, and, and if I really need it, then it's going to really sway that I need that cash flow number to be higher, maybe 500, 800, 1,000 bucks a month. But if it's not, and it's a long-term buy and hold, uh, then I'm really looking for what area has the highest likelihood of, of that appreciation rate. What's going to attract a good quality tenant that I'm not going to get calls from every week or every month uh, that are going to be self-sufficient. Um, and, and for me, I look at how much money do I have in this deal, right? So am I buying it at a good enough price that um, even if it is a buy and hold, I'm not left with as much as I maybe would if I was buying it on MLS. Okay. Okay. So let's, uh, let's, let's alter that question now because I'm you know what, considering it depends, yep. I'd like to, sh- if you don't mind, maybe I'll just give you a couple different examples of, sure. uh, of like maybe some scenarios. Cause that, that first one, you know, was mostly for, Hey, I'm looking for cash flow. Um, a little noisy on your end. Yeah, sorry. They, uh, I was just outside, and they have a garbage truck rolling up to take all our garbage. <laughs> life, life, life still still goes on. Right? That's right. That's right. Okay, fair enough. Um, so let's 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 change it up to a scenario where someone says, uh, "Hey, I'm looking for for burrs because okay. I want to. Not necessarily. I'm not looking for the cash flow so much. What I'm trying to do is I have a certain amount of money in my in my savings account." And I want to make that money work. I want to recycle it as much as possible. So I want burrs. How do I know if I have a good deal? Or how do I know this is a good deal? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yep. You're unmuted now. I think I got uh, disconnected there. I heard a little bit of, of the of the question around, around burrs on someone who isn't necessarily looking for cash flow, but I missed the second part. Oh, let's say for someone that's, that's not necessarily looking for cash flow, what they're looking for is, oh, sorry. Uh, what they're looking for is, you know, they have a certain amount of money that, uh, just just hold on one second. I'm just going to do a quick commercial break. We got a little uh, thing going on on our end. Just one second. Okay. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca/buyers. 
I apologize, you guys. There was a huge spider crawling towards Everly, and I almost had a heart attack. I flew out of my chair. <laughs> Wayne's like, what is happening? She's like jumping up, and then she comes all the way around to my side of the desk, and she grabs a Kleenex. I'm like, okay, she's got to blow her nose. It happens. All right, just go deal with it. And then she goes down to the to the kid, and I'm like, what is going on down there? And I, how big of a spider was this? It was it was pretty beefy. It was it wasn't your average little guy. <laughs> wow, Ryan, are you there still? We uh, I think we lost Ryan. Yeah, we lost his audio. Okay, well, we lost Ryan. Um, I'm gonna disconnect him, and then he can come on back in in a second. Okay, what what a what a show. <laughs> Few little hiccups, no big deal. Ryan's coming back here in just a second. Uh, he's connected, but we um, the audio's out. We got no audio for him. Might be a connection issue. So, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit more about that spider? <laughs> I'd rather forget about it. Um. As uh, as we're waiting for, for Ryan to reconnect, just keep an eye on the comments. I'm actually just, there's a bunch of questions here um, for Ryan. I'm just getting them prepared for him. Okay. <clears throat> but. Uh, Do you want me to talk about our upcoming events? Yeah. I mean, Jer Jeremy about. says only a live show could be this fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff you edit yeah, out later. Uh, <laughs> Ryan's taking the, the garbage out to, to the bin. <laughs> the garbage truck gabby's got a giant spider and uh what are you guys working on <laughs> <laughs> and i'm brushing my teeth <laughs> wilson says can't wait to see the title a spider tried to eat our child and how to analyze properties <laughs> <laughs> oh clickbait right yeah absolute clickbait oh man okay. I, I think we should definitely use that title um, um yeah so this coming friday we have a uh uh, fix and Flip Meetup, Investor Meetup at our Otwell Fix and Flip, hosted mm -hmm. by our partner uh, Liam and Wayne and myself will be there as well. Mm -hmm. um, that is Friday uh, at 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. and you can register on Eventbrite. The link is pinned in the Real Estate Investing Masters yeah. uh, Facebook group, the free you Facebook group. And... Uh, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday is the Flip Meetup in Calgary at our Bonavista. Lake Bonavista uh, flip mm -hmm. um, that'll be hosted by, I think, I think Jared, Crystal, Wayne, and Matt are all going to be there. Yep. You betcha. Yeah. It's pretty and, awesome. Uh, information for that to register on Eventbrite is also pinned at the top of our free Facebook group, Real Estate Investing Masters. So go join the Facebook group, um, be a part of that uh, community as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, you can get access to, you do have to register. It is free, but you do have to register. That way we know how many people are coming. We don't want uh, 200 people in a house. It's too hot. It's yeah. too hot these days. We've been having heat warnings every day for the last <laughs> 45 days. Um, so you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to buy a fan. <laughs> oh, you I mean that thing that I, that I tried to do the first time we got to Lake Bonavista? Yeah, I thought we'd be okay though. <laughs> Um, so Ryan's back and we cannot hear you. But can everybody can else? Oh, now we oh, can. There he is. Okay. We can hear him. Wow. We can hear I him. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I left. I left the show and came back in and then I don't know. It worked. So there you go. Good. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what tech support always says. Yeah. Have you tried, I was gonna say, have you tried <laughs> shutting down your computer and turning it back on? Uh, no, because that's not going to fix it, obviously. Yeah, obviously. It's too complicated a problem for that. And then sure enough. Oh, wow. It works now. Or the, yeah, of course I did, but I'll try it again just I'll in case. I'll try it again just in case. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where were we? Uh, you were giving us a burst scenario, I think. Oh, a burst scenario. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Okay. I just came up with a really cool term and, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. This sounds really cool in my head, but like someone who does burrs can be like a burrsonary. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> someone, someone take that branding and use it. Oh Lord. A burrsonary. 
Um, someone, someone, take that and like, cause they're like, I'm, they're like, a, I'm like a, Gabby, is this what it's like all the time with him? All oh, the time, hundred percent, all, all the time. The time. <laughs> uh, well, 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 well. So we have a birth scenario. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Are you gonna be able to pull it together? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, it sounded really cool in my head, and then sometimes I should just keep it there. Um, okay, so here, here's the the, the burr um, scenario. Okay. Uh, someone who's not so concerned about cash flow anymore, but what they want is what they have is is a um, a specific. Um, <laughs> I was going to say a set of skills. I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta let this joke go. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let it go. Um, a specific set of, amount of money, say you know some savings, but they don't just want to buy one property. What they want is they want to make that money work. They want to, uh, they want to recycle those funds as much as possible. So they want to, they want to do burrs. They heard about it on some podcast in the States. How do they know that it's a good deal? How do they know, how do they find burrs and how do they know it's a good deal? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I'd say that the first thing is getting a good calculator so that you can be able to run your numbers seeing what do I have? I think there's <clears throat> there's a couple numbers that are pretty key. And I have a, a burr tracker that I use that the two numbers that I've highlighted that I look at when I'm first pl plugging them in. I mean, obviously you're gonna wanna know your your rough ARV and you know that takes some time to sort of figure out. Um, and we could talk about that today or another day, but the two key ones that I'm looking at are how much cash do I have left in the deal and how much do I actually need out of my own pocket to complete the deal? Because on a burr, you're going to need a certain amount of money to bring it to refinance. Then mm -hmm. when the refinance happens, you get a good chunk of that money back, assuming you've done a good job with your numbers and you're getting a higher ARV than you've put into the deal. So that should result in money coming back to you, but there is going to be a certain amount of cash needed to complete that deal. So in your scenario, when you have a set amount of funds, the first thing is, are those funds enough to cover how much cash is needed to complete the deal, which includes, you know, if you're taking private money or lines of credit, you're going to need to make those interest payments monthly because those are expenses that happen during the course of the deal, right? You're going to need to pay all of your rentals, whether those come in installments or it's, you know, half up front, half at the end. Uh, you're going to need to pay your taxes, your utilities, those sorts of things, and then just your regular closing costs, purchase costs, et cetera. But all of those are going to contribute to your cash in the deal. Mm -hmm. So those are the two that I look at. How much do I need to complete this deal from start to finish? And then how much am I going to have left in it at the end? And getting that I, I mean, in your scenario as close to zero as possible, but maybe you're okay leaving 10 or 20 grand in that property. Yeah, yeah, we had, we actually talked about burrs yesterday on the show, and um, we were talking about this specifically. Is you know that it is it is quite difficult to find perfect burrs. Um, yes, because because if they were around, everybody would do it. Um, but it's still there's still a ton of value in being able to find a property where you have you know you may have some money left still in the deal, but maybe it's half of what you would normally have if you bought this property retail which mathematically doubles your ROI, right? That's right. Right. So it's, that's right. Uh, the lower you can buy it for, the less you have to force to get that ARV up to then be able to refinance out. I mean, we've had um, our own buyers or even myself buy deals from us, do a very minimal work and, and get a good chunk of our money out on the refinance just because we bought it for the right price. Hmm. Uh, you talked about um, finding the ARV and you said we could possibly talk about that. So we obviously just mentioned right now about getting the right price, but the ARV is very important. So how do you figure out what the ARV is going to be? That is a loaded question. So just for, just for context um, with our, with our staff internally and, and with a couple of roles in particular, uh, we have one um, person on our team named Ayush and he's our, our deal analyst. And, you know, I would say, you know, he probably did two to three months of training with us in the early going to be able to get more comfortable accurately pinpointing that. And then we have like a deal analysis um, training program that we put our, our staff through. 
in their first couple of weeks so that they can become more familiar with that. So we can talk about some general things, but just, I just want to provide context that sure. I don't think that that's a, you know, a, a silver bullet or like a, a secret sauce answer. I think it takes a lot of reps and sets. And I think it, it, there's a lot more that goes into figuring out how to, how to calculate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some, some general things, obviously you want to look at comparable sales in the area and you want to look at comparable properties, right? So you want to make sure the bed, bath, square footage, garage are fairly similar. Uh, but what I look for mainly, uh, when I'm scrolling through comps is I want the outside of the house to look the same because a two story isn't always a two story. A bungalow isn't always a bungalow. It might be a raised ranch. It might be a side split. It might be a back split. It's, um, I, I really look, it might be vinyl, it might be brick. So at the start and the lot sizes might be different. So when I'm first laying out my comps, I want to know, okay, are the bed baths, square footage, and you know, is there a garage? Is that all roughly the same for these ones I'm going to be looking at? Great. Mm-hmm. Pull up the subject property, take a look at it and see, okay, this is kind of what it looks like. And then run that through the other comps I'm looking at and disqualify anything that doesn't seem like it's the same in terms of the look and feel of the house. Mm. And then from there, you can do a further deep dive. But yeah, like the area that it's in, um, you want to consider because if you're a couple streets over, as I'm sure you guys are well aware in, in Edmonton, it can make a very big difference. So there's a, yeah, there, there's a lot of factors that I would say go into calculating ARV, but on a very basic one, you want to look at some comps. If you want to get a rough gauge within like, you know, 50 to 70 K take a look at some comps and just make sure the ones that you're looking at look similar to the property that you're um, thinking of buying. Right. And obviously you can ask your, your realtor on your, and your power team to, to pull those comps for you because uh, us, us peasants, we don't, uh, we don't have, uh, access to, to compare. Right. We, we have to get it from, uh, from a licensed, uh, realtor, but, uh, that's right. And I think that, that's a, that's a good start and you can tell them, Hey, you know what, just send me whatever comes up in this certain criteria, you know, within roughly, um, give them a couple, um, uh, streets so that they can pull their own diagram of where they want to pull those comps from and just make it really easy for your realtor to be able to pull what it is you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and then you scroll through and figure out, okay, this one looks be- similar. This one looks similar. And you can dive in, you can read the descriptions if they send you the actual link for the comps and you mm-hmm. can read the description of some of those properties to get a better sense of the layout, scroll through the photos, see what kind of rental qualities were done. Uh, you know, sometimes they will be listed as two bath, but it's really a one and a half. And then you're like, okay, well, mine is a two bath. So that should, and it's a two full, it should add a little bit of extra value or mine has a garage, but these two other comparables that look very similar don't have one. So that Mm. should add an extra 30, 40 K. So some of it is feel based. Some of it I would say is factual. And then there's, there's kind of a third element that is more to me on like the intangibles of like the area or what it backs onto, or, uh, you know, does the yard look nice because these are still residential homes and if you're flipping them and they're going to that retail buyer those intangibles like does the curb appeal seem good right and that's like it's so subjective but depending on what your strategy is with the property they do add to that overall value for um trying to figure out what this could be worth in the future true Mm -hmm. true well well you you made a good point there what's what's the strategy that's that we're using this for that's right I, I think that like with burrs, it's, it's, I think burrs are based off appraisers. Appraisers are a little more, I think they're looking more of it at it logically, where it's like, okay, this is what the house, you know, on the other street sold for. It has the exact same quartz countertop, has for three bedrooms, same square footage, same lot size. They're going to go look over and just do a quick peek at it just to make sure it is what it is. Appraisers are just going to like, just compare it, you know, just almost like just mathematically. But when you're thinking about selling it as a flip, that's a little different. Um, you're going to really like, you need to go a little bit deeper because that's more emotional because the person that's going to be the strategy and the, the end strategy, the, uh, the exit strategy is, is someone buying it as their home. And they're going to be a lot more, um, interested in the little things like the curb appeal and, you know, I mean, the finishes and that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're just getting an appraiser to come by, they're just going to look and be like, yeah, it's been renovated. Yep. New bathroom. Yep. New flooring. Cool. They don't care that the baseboards are half hanging off and all those things. Right. Or the grass is all burnt. 
Yeah. I have a really juicy tip for, for your audience that I, I'm not sure if they'll, if they'll want to hear on this. What do you guys think? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let, uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. have my, I, I, I wish I had a juicy tip. Um, audience, sound, let sound us know bite. if you want to hear it. <laughs> I see, I see some, some hearts flying. So um, I started doing this about two years ago um, and people thought I was nuts at the time, but I think I've, I've gained a lot of tax-free money back from it. But we stage our uh, properties that we're burring and refinancing for mm. for the appraiser. So especially during COVID, when they weren't allowed to come through the property uh, and they were only going based off photos, I would say on average that we were getting back 20 to 40K higher of an appraisal, wow. having it staged. So staging is what, like two grand? And yep. then if you take 20K and you're getting an 80% loan from the bank, you're actually getting 16K back tax-free for the 2K that you spent on the staging. And to your point that you just made about the appraiser, it's hard for them sometimes to visualize what the home is. It's great that we added new floors. It's great that we painted it. it you know, we, did, we put in a new kitchen, but to have it staged makes it feel like a home. And then I, again, I think just because they're, they're people and they're trying to figure out, you know, again, what is the value of this property? I have seen typically, and maybe not for all scenarios, our refinances come back higher than what we expected. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, how does one determine the difference between, you know, two houses? Because sometimes you'll see comps and you'll see a house that sold for, I'm going to use Edmonton numbers here, sold for 350 And then the one, you know, three doors down sold for 500 Right. And because the one that sold for 500 was was completely renovated and it was, you know, you know, super fancy and everything else. But how do, how do you compare those things? Really? They have their their calculations for new, you know, new new flooring, new trim, new bathroom, new kitchen, those types of things. But like you said, like if you can just if you make it look luxurious, you know what I mean? And all they're looking at is pictures. Obviously, they're going to just assume that it's the 500. It's not the 350. So, yeah. I, and I, even if they even if they walk through and they feel like it's a a nicer home and it it, it re, uh, residential real estate as much as we want to think it's like very numbers based is somewhat feel based it's feel based yeah. for the buyer it's feel based for the appraiser it's feel based for the bank like it is it is as much as we want to think that there's a very statistical calculation built in you can have two appraisers come out to the same home and be 50k apart in value yeah. who who's right uh, whoever's got the higher number. <laughs> for, for us, that's ex- you're right. That's exactly right. Right for us, whoever's right is whoever gives us the better appraisal. So, yeah. in in trying to figure out how do I get that better appraisal, staging was just something we discovered just through trial and error. Is like, oh, okay, if we stage it and make real make it look really nice, we're gonna get back a higher value and therefore get more money back tax-free. I mean, that's really, I think the thing people forget too, is the money that they're getting back, that they get back on a refinance is going back into their bank account tax-free. Yes, which is huge. Huge, right? So you're spending two grand and you're getting back 16. Again, if you're getting that 20K lift tax-free to then go put back into some other deal. So. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's gotten us back quite a bit on, on the burrs. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully that's a, it's a good tip and, and you guys can try it out in your markets and, and see if it works. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. We, no we got a couple questions here before we uh, wrap things up, um, from the listeners. Uh, I didn't write down who the questions were from though, but, uh, first one is hello, Ryan. If you are, Ontario based, how do you scope your Alberta properties? Do you have an inspection company, look them over, and then you analyze from the comfort of your office in Ontario? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have our, so our reps uh, go through a pretty intense training program. And then we also have uh, home inspectors that will go through some training with them as well. And they have a a property info sheet that they fill out um, with all the property details, kind of the same way an inspector would. And then they're required to take a minimum of anywhere from 75 to 100 photos going through the house plus video. 
So I think, you know, are there times where we might miss something? Yes. But are we pretty good on spotting most things? Yes. So uh, I think the question was, do you have an inspection company look them over? No. So we don't have an inspection and like a, a licensed inspector look over the properties. Our reps are essentially acting as our inspectors and our eyes in the house. And then our photos and videos are kind of um, adding to the picture of like what it is that house is and what that property is. Okay. Gotcha. That's awesome. And then I think the second part, yeah. And then we do analyze it um, internally at our, in our London office when we're sending it out to our buyers list and, and we have a team that kind of goes through that process and looks at the photos and figures out, you know, is this a good deal and, or is it not? And again, kind of using some of that criteria we just talked about um, to figure out if, if, and I think I mentioned this when I was on last, um, last time, but I think the difference for us is we are really trying to make sure that our investors are making money on these deals, right? Mm -hmm. From, from all three strategies, from a buy and hold, from a burn and, and on a flip. And certain properties aren't going to make sense as a buy and hold because the price might be too high. So then we go to our like flip and burr trackers and say, okay, is this going to make an investor money? Yes. Okay, great. Let's send it out. Sometimes we don't. And then, you know, we might be cautious. Do we send this out knowing that this isn't a great deal for an investor to take on? So um, just wanted to add that as well to the second part of the analyzing that we do do that in office. But again, we're looking at it from the lens of is a buyer, is an investor going to make money on this? If I can add on to this as well, um, I, I can't remember who, who, who wrote this question, but, but if I could, was it Ken? Yeah. Uh, I want to add on that, um, you know, the, the, the first thing we talked about at the beginning of this um, show was how do you know if it's a good deal? And um, one thing that we really didn't say was that um, eventually uh, through experience, you just get really good at knowing. That's right. And that just comes with experience. And, and that's why it's, it's, it's so great to have like um, professional wholesaling companies like DCI that do all that for you because you guys, Ryan and, and his team, they know what a good deal is, right? And it's very hard to kind of share that because there's so many different angles to look at. He said, it depends, it depends on what you're looking for, but they look at a property. So, you know, one of their, their, they'll get a, they'll get a lead come back and then they'll send out one of their, um, their reps and the rep will go and look at the property and they fill out the lead sheet. And then someone back in the office can look at this very quickly because they've been trained properly and they know if it's a good deal and they know exactly what type of strategy should be implemented based off of, you know, the conditions of this property. That's right? Right. So that's, that's why we rely on them to tell us it's a good deal. Now you do your own diligence, of course, but I just know from my own experience too, people are like, how do you analyze deals? How do you know if it's good? I do it from my comfy desk as well. And then yeah. I make, what'll happen is I'll look at it very quickly. I'll run all my, I'll do all my research from home. I'll look at the pictures and then I'll have a good understanding of what it looks like. And then I need, I, I do one visit. And through that one visit, I'm just double checking a few things. So if, if you can't quite figure it out on your own right now, you, I promise you, you will through experience, just like DCI has, just like I have and many other investors. And I was going to say, that's a great point, Wayne, um, but it probably didn't start that way for you, right? You probably started actually walking through every property you were looking at so you could get comfortable with just being in a house. Is that, is that accurate? 100%. Yeah. So it's interesting. We had a new rep start. Um, about, I think it's probably been about six months now, maybe five months. And um, she said, Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. You know, I'm going to these houses. How do I know if it's a good deal? And I said, honestly, I think you just need, your goal should be get into a hundred houses as quickly as you can, maybe doing a little bit of your own outbound and, or, or even going through some open houses on the weekend and just get comfortable being in a home to know it's a good deal. And sure enough, five months later, been through well over a hundred homes. She has a much better feel for, is this a good deal? And to your point, it's just about reps and sets. So for any of the audience that's like, yeah, I don't know if it's a good deal and I don't know how to tell and just get familiar walking through a house and just get used to analyzing and, and running numbers and make that part of your action steps to, 
to get yourself more comfortable. It doesn't mean you have to put in an offer on every on all of these places. Um, like when I was starting out, I would just scroll Kijiji and just go out to the house and say, hey, yeah, I'm interested. I'm an investor. I'm looking to buy a rental. And we were at the time. I wasn't going to buy everyone that I went out to or make an offer on them. But at least got it got me in the habit of just going out and seeing houses and analyzing them. So mm. I think it's a, it's a good skill to have. But it really does come from reps and sets. Yeah. And this is something that I've been sharing in our master's mentorship group as well for like some of the newer investors that just that that don't quite have that haven't quite put in those reps yet. It's just to just, you know what, in the beginning, it's okay for the first six to 12 months to just be an absolute sponge, just be an That's absolute right. sponge and just like keep walking through properties. And like, I don't know if, if you're a nerd like me, but like in the beginning, I always had a big notepad. And I would just crunch numbers over and over and over. I'd be running mortgage calculators. I'd be trying to figure out what the appreciation of the property would be compounded over 10 years with a 3% appreciation rate. Like I was just like, what would the numbers be if this? What would the numbers be if this? What if, what would the numbers be if I depreciated this asset every year? Just, just all this and just like familiarizing myself inside and out with the mathematics of it. So that way, when I look at a property and I walk through it, I can do the math in my head very quickly. And I know exactly right. what to do with it. That's but that right. takes time. Takes, takes time. time. Yeah. Um, Kyle had a, a, had another question here. Um, do you guys do anything in Saskatchewan? No, we don't. Um, it's a great question. We've we've looked at that market a little bit. Uh, that might come in the future, but uh, but not right now. No, we don't do anything in Saskatchewan yet. Okay. Uh, one last question here, unless unless keep an eye on the comments there, Gabby. See if you see any other questions coming up. Um, which is less desirable, a property on a busy road or a property on a quiet street backing onto a highway? Mm, yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, oh, I, again, I think <laughs> the short answer would be, it depends, uh, you know, it depends on how busy the street is and, you know, is there, is there a big fence that's kind of blocking that view of the highway is you know how close is the highway in proximity to the house it's that one's a tough one um for me personally if there was a big fence and there was a bit of space between the highway and the house i would probably prefer the one that was um on the quiet road backing out of the highway so that every time i was backing my car out i wasn't looking for oncoming traffic and i can like walk my dog and there's some like green area around there um but someone else might just really not like the busyness and the noise and whatever of highways and opt for the busy road so that's one of those ones where i think it falls in that it kind of depends on who the end buyer is and and what their preference is and again that goes back to how arbitrary the value of residential homes can be right mm -hmm. because what you might like is different than what i might like and we might have two very different offers based on that one factor for that home that's a great answer that's a great answer who who is who's who's going to be buying it I think it would, be, yeah. it would be very different if this was a rental property. If this is a rental property, I think you'd be less concerned. You'd be more concerned about the numbers and the deal. Um, but then again, it would de it would affect the rentability of it as opposed to the saleability. So it's uh yeah, that's that's a really great way of looking at it. Right on. Was there any other questions there, Gabby? No, but there was a comment. Um Corey says, I sure wish I listened to all this kind of stuff on my first rental. Instead, I did everything wrong and it kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, I, I feel your I feel your pain. The first uh the first rental that, that Corey and I bought um was a, a side by side duplex. And we thought we were, you know, we're like, oh, we're not gonna get one of these up down duplexes. We're gonna get a side by side. Well, sure enough, the, the side by sides are really hard <laughs> to appraise because there's so few of them. So we, we got a lower value back than we wanted to, and we ended up not being able to refinance it. And then it had cockroach infestation. We had contractors take materials and, um, and it, it was a complete gong show and we had no clue what we were doing at the time, but it's good. It taught us some like early lessons. And I think for most people that I've talked to, their first deal is usually pretty shitty. So don't yep. feel bad. Cause I think that is. I saw Jeremy say, Corey, that sounds very familiar. 
it, it is, right? Most people you talk to are going to have a pretty rough go on their first one, but at least it gets you in the game, right? It gets you active. And I think sometimes the best way to learn these things is just through doing and just chalk up some of those, you know, losses or, or struggles or stresses to just your learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he followed up and says, yes, that's cool. That's the school of hard knocks. The school of hard knocks has really shaped how I do things now. Some of it for the good and some of it for the bad, for the bad. Yeah. Uh, Wilson says it's the university of life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool, man. Well, thank you. Um, Ryan De (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it for anyone else that's interested in, uh, in, in getting on the DCI buyers list. Uh, what are the websites for Alberta and what are the websites for Ontario? Gabby? Yeah. So the, or you can, you can uh, read it. Yeah. Yeah. The Ontario buyers list is uh, DCI properties.ca slash buyers. And then for Alberta deals in Calgary and Edmonton, it's uh, DCI properties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Awesome. Um, so yeah, visit either of those uh, sign up. And then the other feature I forgot to mention on the last call is uh, when you're filling out your info to sign up to the buyer's list, it'll ask you a little bit about, you know, do you have a preferred area or preferred strategy? You can fill that out or or leave that blank, but it does ask um, if you want a call with our uh, property specialist, that's Adam. Adam deals with all of our buyers and he will walk them through the details of the property and collect offers and just give you information about what it is that we're selling. So um, it has an option on there, whether or not you wanna request a call with him. And if you do, um, he can reach out and just give you a little bit more insight into how the process works with us if it's your first time buying an off-market deal. So uh, when you're signing up to the list, just be mindful that that option is there. And if you do want to talk to him before being involved in a deal or making an offer, you can reach out to him. Very nice guy. And uh, he'll kind of walk you through how the process works with us. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I you know, what? again, if this is your first or second or, you know, deal and you're not hundred percent sure, just take advantage of that opportunity. Poor Adam's going to get a bunch of phone calls now. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Know- he did the last time we were on too. And it was great. I actually think, um, want a couple of the people who uh, signed up, which is great. And uh, kudos to, to your audience for taking action. I think a couple of the people that signed up ended up making an offer on one of our um, Ontario deals. So That's uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you again, Ryan. And, uh, and uh, for those of you guys that, um, I, well, on the topic of deals, uh, tomorrow is Thursday. So that means the deal of the week is going to be tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow guys for uh, um, Thursday's DCI deal of the week. Yeah, it sounds like it's a juicy. It sounds like it's a juicy one. So yeah. uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow for that. And uh, thanks again for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your uh, great rest of your week. Same to you, buddy. Bye bye. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Well, I can't wait for deal of the week. Deal of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is. It's pretty cool having like a radio morning show. <laughs> it's, it's. I need to. I need to update my uh, my sound bites or my sound clips, though. I, uh... Yeah, I need to collect a few more. Yeah, it's. Well, I, I I think about them after the show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes I try and be proactive, like the whole beautiful people one, where like I'm just waiting for like seven months for Gabby to say my beautiful people, and then I can be like, but you know, and then I got like a whole bunch of it, like. Use very often and one. <laughs> um but yeah you can try and be as proactive as, as you can but then like you think about the best ones after something is said yeah. right so sure. anyways um what do we got going on in the comments anything anything uh exciting um i don't see much a little quieter today everybody was listening intently <laughs> Ken says, great info. Okay, that's so, good. Yeah. That's good. So when we have conversations, that's when that's when the class drifts and, and, yeah. and goes into their own. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> turns into a complete gong show. Uh, I mean, the quality of the podcast lately, I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what do, what, 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 do we, what do we got going on this week or today? I know um, 
I pretty much got to leave right after this because I'm heading over to one of our projects and meeting the electrician, the -hmm. plumber, and the drywaller. Yeah. And they're all coming at the same time. (laughs) Good luck with that. Um, Plumber and the electrician are going to be in the bathroom. That sounds like the start of a joke. (laughs) Um, there's, There's a joke in there somewhere. Uh, Google it. Uh, yeah, we're getting all that stuff all getting that all wired up, and then the plumber is going to get all the rough ends and stuff, and then the drywaller is literally waiting right behind them to um, to throw the sheets of drywall right up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very very pleased that uh, we were able to get all of that organized for today. Which, that was a gosh darn miracle. That was, and and you gotta be grateful that's a for- relationships with traits right there. Um, and some of those relationships are relatively new. Mm-hmm. So that's a quick building. We added some because some like some of our trades are just super busy mm-hmm. and um, it's been really hard to to coordinate when we need them. So we added some new trades to our to our list and built some quick relationships. And it's awesome to see when when they can see the value of what we can provide and um, what we're doing and, and they make the time for us. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited about this. This project's moving very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I met with the kitchen uh, installer designer yesterday and we got all the kitchen all figured out. Um, I felt like an absolute genius. I never told you this. Um, You felt like a genius. You called me like eight times to ask me random questions. So am I the genius or are you the genius? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what okay. did you figure out? Okay, let's rewind a second. I told you I should not be at that meeting because <laughs> I don't know any answers. Um, and, and, and so I say, like, Gabby, give me all the information that I need because this guy's going to ask me questions and I'm not going to know the answers. And sure enough, you know, she sent me, you sent me, you know, Hey, just match it to the comparable. So bring the pictures for the other property that we want to build it just like, right? We're just going to yep. build the same kitchen. Copy, yeah. I'm going to copy it. And then um, and then you gave me a little write-up as well of like all yep. the things that you move wanted. Move the dishwasher here. Yeah, move the dishwasher. Pantry around the fridge. Make sure there's 33 inches, you know, for the fridge, fridge yeah. and everything else. And I'm, as I'm doing that, like there's still questions coming up. And I answered a ton. And I only called you when I needed to, but I was not going to make any decisions without without your approval and like trust me there was lots that i answered that i'm pretty sure that you're going to get the you're going to get the drawing or the quote and you're like no 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 and you're going to call them up and change what is this no wayne you're not allowed to make decisions but um who do you think you are (laughs) i it (laughs) uh yeah i knew that i should not have gone down to that property and sure enough our our, you know our, our our contractor there too had a million questions which i do not yeah. Oh yeah, you FaceTimed me. If I look back at my history of like the two hour period that you were there to see how many calls you made to me, it'd probably be shocking. <laughs> I uh, well, anyways, I I okay. So I had a moment where I actually felt pretty good about because like what I didn't tell you was that he measured out the kitchen cabinets, the upper um, the pantry cabinets yeah. on that wall, and he went to the end of the wall, but he didn't look up and didn't notice that the beam was up top. And okay. he was, okay, he's like, I'm going to get these 36-inch pantry cabinets, and we'll have your 33-inch uh, fridge, which will leave us a three-quarter inch gap on each side of the fridge with a 36-inch pantry on the other side, okay? Pantry, fridge, pantry, three-quarter uh, three inch gap. Would have been beautiful. It would have been perfect because we've had issues with fitting the fridge in there before. It was all great. And he goes, does that work for you? Is that enough of a, of a you know, a clearance on each side? And I'm like, Rick, is that enough clearance for you on the each side? Yep, yeah, that's totally good. And then he's just about to leave, and I go, Where'd you measure from? He's like, from here. I should give us plenty of room. I'm like, did you see the beam up top? He was this close to ordering those cabinets. They would have came in. Yikes. And we would have had to go and reorder the cabinets again. We would have been out by three or four weeks. So dodged a huge bullet. Good job. That's all I wanted to hear. (laughs) That's all I wanted to hear. Um, Wilson asked how long the uh, kitchens are taking. I think he said like three weeks. Um, actually, no, it was, sorry, no, I lied. 10 business days to get them in, 
and then approximately a week after to get them installed. By yeah, the way, the, the guy in, that I met yesterday, yeah, much better good. than the other guy for, so far. Cool. Um, yeah, they're the supplier that we use is is really quick to get them in. They actually um, just ship them straight from Vancouver. Um, but it's the scheduling of of getting them all together, getting them on site, getting them built, and all that kind of stuff that um, takes the extra week or two. So pretty pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm working on today. Um, I we also have three um, our other three projects like wrapping up in the next couple weeks here. I talked to the window installer last night, and he said, "Hey, by the way, those windows should be in like." Oh, awesome! Right yeah, that's one of the big things we're waiting on is the windows to be installed. I think at all three properties, um, St. Albert and the two in Sherwood Park, and. Uh, I have been frantically ordering appliances oh boy. <laughs> and scheduling delivery days and stuff. Um, so that's been fun. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's there's been a lot of orders going in for um, kitchens and appliances and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's been, yeah, it's been a busy week so far. Yeah. I uh, I was just thinking about this while we were talking. And, and, and for those of you guys that are listening, um, the hot topic for the last 12 months has just been fix and flips. It's all we're talking about. We've been trying to help people with fix and flips since, you know, we really um, uh, increased our business and, and, and grew our fix and flip portion of our business. A lot of people have been asking about fix and flips and that's just been what everybody wants. And I love, you know, I, I, I've been, as I scroll through my, in my social feeds to see, all these people that were on the fence about fix and flips before that are doing it now. Yeah. Working you know, on projects yeah. and working on, it makes me feel, it makes me feel good because I, I know where this all stemmed from and I, we were able to help people and, and um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a really cool feeling to see people, you know, do something that everyone said for the longest time was not possible. doable. Yeah. It wasn't possible. And we're proving to them that, that it is. So I'm happy to see people taking control of their business, taking control of their lives and, bringing in some extra active income and stuff. Yeah. But it has been our hot topic for, for, for uh, a hot minute. Yeah. Or no, that doesn't make sense. Uh, for, for some time. And, uh, hot hours, hot weeks, hot months, <laughs> uh, for, for a while a hot now. Year. Uh, and you know, we are, this is a real estate investing morning show and it's not just a fix and flip morning show. Um, the thing is the reason why sometimes most times we don't talk about our, our, our rental side of our business this is it's pretty freaking automated and we don't really have much to talk about to be honest um from time to time we do get you know things that come up like vacancies you know don't forget to post the rental ad by the way i've been texting gabby <laughs> twice a day now to tell her to post the rental ads because she, she's been busy but um you know we have vacancies and we'll talk about you know Sometimes people, you know, try and get out of their lease early and stuff like that. But aside from that, most of the stuff is pretty automated. Yeah. Um, if someone needs a, a door fixed, I mean, we're not going to talk about that on the morning show. Yeah. But I, you know what I saw? I saw an email and I don't, I don't normally see rental emails because I close that email off. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see notifications. Um, Gabby handles the rentals out of the business. And, uh, but I had someone email us to our investments email. So our business email, um, and it was for rental related because one of our neighbors at one of our properties must have saw one of our signs years ago. And they, they know that our business is called Prairie Home Investments. They found our website and contacted us through the website. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that they want us to pay for half the fence that they replaced. Yeah, no, they actually emailed our, our rentals and I forwarded it to um, investments. Really? You know what, though? When I was looking at the address, I thought that it was a neighbor of one of our flip properties. Yeah. I must have just um, gapped on the address. But now that you say that, I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Same one that wanted us to cut down our tree. <laughs> Same people that wanted us to cut down our, the tree. Also want us to pay for half the fence, which I mean, I hate what this isn't the first time uh, a neighbor's done that where they go and they're like, oh, I want to replace the, the fence. And uh, 
Uh, and then they're like, they'll send you like an invoice or a receipt or an invoice to pay half of it. I'm like, no, we never discussed this. Um, see, for them, it's their home, right? They want a really sweet, beautiful fence. And I'm going to do all the work myself and that type of thing. Uh, for us, it's an investment. So when we make decisions like that to replace a fence, that's going to cost $4,000. Um, we plan it. We're not just going to pull $2,000 out of our reserve fund when our reserve fund is six grand, right? Yeah. Or seven grand. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing wrong with that fence. Um, but anyways, did, did you have a look at that? Any, any thoughts on that? How you're going to respond to that? Uh, no, I thought it, I, th I honestly, in my mind, it was, um, a neighbor of a flip. So I was like, mm, we're not even like going to end up owning this house. So yeah. why would we, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I didn't put too much thought into it, but it, it, I did pop up the thing. And I think it said that by the looks of it, they've spent like, uh, 1300 so far and I have no clue how much or what they've replaced. So yeah, I didn't, I, I barely read it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, well, my, just ignore them is, is, is my thoughts. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to open up that can of worms because once you open that up, they're going to be like, oh yeah. So let's talk about that tree as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, we're not, we're not cutting down the tree and we're not. The tree, like, it's funny because that tree is, um, like makes the property. It's such a beautiful tree in the it front yard. Privacy. It creates privacy. It and it's it's just gorgeous. Like it's curb appeal. It's I love it. Like that was one of the reasons why I really liked that house was just how it looked from the front with that gorgeous tree there. Um, but I I get it. Like it's well, they asked us to trim the tree. There. We trimmed. They asked us to trim the tree because it was going over their side of the property. We trimmed it, and now they want us to cut it down. Yeah. Like no, we already we already paid like eight hundred bucks to trim that. Thing. Yeah. we're not cutting the tree down for you it would it would completely yeah you oh, would lose all the privacy there yeah. and so, zero curb appeal <laughs> zero curb appeal so no they can um uh no <laughs> kick, uh, kick dirt. exact thank you that's much nicer than what was coming out of my head um yeah but you know we get random stuff like that we obviously last week on the topic of trees and and shrubbery um, uh, you know, we also found out that uh, the developer who developed one of our properties and then died, um, never finished the grading we talked inspection about that. and they never finished, um, the proper, uh, landscaping that's required. So we got a big bill for landscaping coming at another property. Can't wait to tell that joint venture partner. Um, well, he knows he, he knows, was the one yeah. that sent it, but, yeah. uh, the punches just keep, keep coming. Oh God. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, Otherwise, I mean, like the rental portfolio is just, just doing its thing. Right. Yeah. We have, we have like, like we put these rules and systems in place that like, it really doesn't affect us that much. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that like, if this was eight years ago, we probably could fill a morning show every morning, bitching and complaining about tenants and the things that they do. But, um, after a while, just kind of like the conversation we have with Ryan, <laughs> what's that? We don't care anymore. <laughs> well, one, we don't care anymore, but it doesn't affect us anymore. Yeah. And also I mean. we have the experience. We put the reps and the sets in to like, to make sure we put measures in place that, that uh, eliminate the risk and the, the, the exposure uh, to risk um, of people doing dumb things. Right. We screen properly. We, we put things in our lease to protect us. We, 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 we write emails in a certain way. We post notice in a certain way. Uh, we're experts on the residential tenancy act. So like the, they can't touch us because yeah. we're, because we're just too good. And, and, and by that, when, when people do do things that they're not supposed to do, we know how to handle them. Yeah. Um, but I promise you, if any of you guys are just sitting there like, Oh, they never talk about rental properties. Um, when things pop up, we'll talk about them. And if you guys do want to talk about certain things, just, um, make sure you're joining into the live show every day and click the call in button and ask questions. How do you deal with your first tenant? How do you deal with someone who wants to get out of the lease? You know, how do you, how do you increase rents um, legally? Uh, can I get rid of someone if they're smoking in the unit? These are all like really great questions that we can answer. We know all the answers to all of them. Um, I mean, the answers are also in the residential tenancy act. So you can just go in there and just Google it real quickly and you can find them. But um, I understand that it's, it's really hard to memorize a very large, you know, document like that. Um, but we have tons of experience in that type of stuff and just feel free to ask questions. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't even know how I can bring that up. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah. like tomorrow morning, I'm going to be like, hey, Gabby, okay, so today we're going to be talking about can a tenant smoke in your unit? And if they do, can you evict them? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Just read the act and what it says? Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not a good conversation. Yeah. Right. Um, also, I hate planning for episodes. Yeah. I hate planning for shows. So it, it it's much more valuable if you guys call in with your questions, right? And if there's anything that's bugging you, anything that's on your mind, um, in regards to rentals or mortgages or accounting. Um, okay, now maybe not accounting. I was just about to say, ugh. <laughs> Bookkeeping. Did you guys know that um, that because you are a business, even though you own one property, maybe two properties, did you know that because you are a business, um, you can write off your kilometers on your car? What is it, 55 or 45 cents? I think it went up. 55 cents? No clue. Somewhere around 50 cents per kilometer for any business that you do. Relating to that property. Relating to that property. So like literally every time I drive into the city, go check on my properties, that's 20 kilometers is 50 cents a kilometer. I make like, I I write off like 10 bucks every time I drive into the city and 10 bucks back, 20 bucks. It's, it's like, if you're, if you're not, and, and to be honest, I I talk to your accountant, but like anytime that you're going out to like networking events, Mm -hmm. you should be writing off your kilometers. When you drive down to Calgary for a flip open house? Yeah. Oh, I, I write off my kilometers when I go to Calgary for sure. And so if you're coming to our networking event on Friday, 100%, mark your kilometers from your house to that property and back. Because there's 50 cents a kilometer that you can write off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that right there. I mean, like, it's not, it's not good enough to have a whole conversation of a show about, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool things. I mean, I talked about depreciating your assets, um, your, your investment properties. Um, I can't remember what it's called, capital, capital cost depreciation or something like that. Things I learned 10 years ago that I, I don't think about anymore. Our, our accountants just do it. But there's so many different, you know, cool tax tips as well. Um, so if you guys have any questions about like, you know, that kind of stuff too. Yeah. There's so much, but you have to ask the right questions. And that's what that that's what how you're going to get the most value out of the show. And the most value out of this free coaching is asking good questions. Okay. So do that tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, well, what's today? Today, Wednesday? Yeah. Does that mean tomorrow's Thursday? Indeed, it does mean that. And I guess that's when we're going to see them. We'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 